Well, this morning we're beginning a new series called A New Normal, um, and it's, I'm excited to begin this series um, because we're talking about what God does uh, in our lives when we walk with God uh, through sometimes challenging and difficult times. We're going to begin in John chapter 4, but we'll get there in a minute. Let, let's pray before we jump into the message. God, we're thankful for um, this morning. We're thankful for giving us this space where we can come together and we can sing songs of praise to you. God, we give you thanks that we live in a place where we can lift your name loudly, where we can publicly proclaim our faith. And so, God, I just pray that as our goal is to mature in you, to grow in you, that this time will be a fruitful time for us, that it'll be a time that as we open the scriptures, as we study your word, that that we will grow up into you and that ultimately we'll become more like Christ as we join your mission and what you're doing in this world. God, we thank you for your call upon everybody's life. And God, I just pray that you help us to find our place in your mission, in your work, to put our hands to it. It's in your son, Jesus Christ's name we pray. Amen. So what do you do um, when things that shouldn't be normal become normal? Right, what, what do you do when, when something that just this shouldn't be normal, shouldn't be an everyday, ordinary part of life, what do you do when that's become a part of your normal experience? Now let me talk about, or at least display or show what I'm talking about by saying what I'm not talking about, right? Let me just give you just a, a brief story. Right, when I was 17, I bought my first car. It was a blue Chevrolet S10. It had some chrome wheels. I worked hard. It felt like I worked from the time I was four years old in order to afford this car, right? I did a few modifications on it. You couldn't tell me anything. I was in high school. This car was like new, right? This was my pride and joy. I, I, I actually slept in this car a couple of times, right? Because I couldn't, I couldn't think about this car sitting outside my house, right, and somebody possibly messing with it. Then when I went to college, when I was about, I guess I was about 22 years old, I bought my second car, right? It was a brand new Honda uh, Coupe, Honda Civic Coupe. It was Fuji blue. It had a sunroof. It was fully loaded. I loved this car, right? I was one of those annoying people at the grocery store that would park sideways so nobody could park next to me. Right? And I remember I just got this car when I started dating Kim. And we got, and I was whining and dining her, right? I thought I had money. I was driving this Honda Coupe, right? And we would go to these restaurants, like really nice restaurants. And we'd get to these restaurants, and they would have ballets that would park the cars in front of the restaurants. Right? You ever seen one of these, maybe in Buckhead or somewhere? And there's like a Lamborghini and a Bentley. And I remember getting out the car and handing the valet guy my key and saying, hey, can you park my car next to that Bentley, right? <laughs> And, and when I came out the restaurant, it was parked by the trash can, right, behind the restaurant. I'll never forget that feeling because I thought my car was top of the line, right? When I was a senior in seminary, I was given a car because um, I needed a ride, right? I was riding Marta, and I was given a car, and it was a 1986 Volvo, Right? I remember getting to class one morning after it rained the night before and the floorboard had filled up with water and it soaked up my, into my pants, almost up to my knees. And I, here I am getting out of this car and, and when I would ride to school and I would stop at the red light, people would roll down their window and point at my car as if I couldn't see the smoke coming out from both sides of it. Right? They thought I was a ticking time bomb, time bomb like I was going to blow up or something. It was very... Um, 
it was humbling. All right? It was a humbling experience, and I must admit that I was embarrassed to drive that car. But after a little bit of time, it became my new normal. Right? It became normal for me to drive that car. And before you know it, I was rolling down the windows, blasting my music in my 86 Volvo. You couldn't tell me anything because it was, I became more comfortable with it. Now, that's not what I'm talking about. Right now, that car shouldn't have been normal for me, right? A car that was getting ready to blow up, a car that I was soaked wet when I got to class, that shouldn't have been normal for me. But that's not what I'm talking about this morning. I'm talking about a broken normal, a truly broken normal, a normal that's broken by the things that breaks God's heart, a normal that's broken by suffering, by injustice, that's broken by poverty, that's broken by depression and hurting and pain, and all these things that shouldn't be in our lives that make us look back and say, this can't be God's will for my life. There's no way that God wills this to be a part of my existence. This normal, this everyday experience that I have is broken, and something has to happen there. That's the kind of normal that I'm, that I'm talking about. Now, maybe your normal is broken by the unimaginable becoming your greatest fear, right? Something that you never thought that you and your wildest dreams would have to worry about. But now you found that it's crept closer into your life and you're worried about it, right? We see from time to time there's these mass shootings that are happening, right? And it seems like they're getting closer and closer and parents are hugging their kids almost like there's no tomorrow as though they won't see them when they come back from school. Or cancer often, it seems like it's happening to people who are younger and younger. And no matter how, what kind of health you keep yourself in, no matter what kind of exercise you do or how good the food you eat or how organic your food is, right, FDA approved or whatever those things are, no matter what you do, it seems like these things are becoming a part of our normal experience. There's things that are creeping into our lives. Or maybe it's a bitter season in your life, a challenging season in your life that's come into your life and you thought it was passing through just like other seasons do, but it's literally parked itself in your life and you don't know what to do. Maybe it's a broken marriage. Maybe it started like an arg- with an argument like any other that were okay and healed the next day, but this thing seems to be lingering. Right? Maybe it's depression or confusion and you don't know what to do or where to turn and you can't see. It's almost like a cloud in front of you. And you can't see your way forward. And maybe you thought it was going to go away, but now it's still lingering and that's become a part of your normal experience. You see, normal is the offspring of repetition. The more things happen, the more they become normal for us. That doesn't mean we get comfortable with them. Right? It doesn't mean that it's okay, but often when things become normal, an ordinary part of life, we resign to live with it. Right? We say, that's just the way life is. This is just what I have to live with. This is my cross to bear, maybe, if you grew up in the church. This is just how things are going to be. This is normal for me. Now, what I love about the Bible is that we see in the Gospel of John that Jesus steps into people's normal, everyday lives. In John chapter 4, beginning in John chapter 4, and ongoing in the Bible, we see Jesus encountering people in their normal, everyday activities. And and things were not right in their lives. They were going through a, a broken normal. 
In John chapter 4, you might know this story. Jesus meets this woman at a well. And she's been through five different broken marriages. And she's in a relationship with a guy currently who's not her husband. Her relationships were broken. Her way of handling and entering relationships was broken. But that had become normal for her. And when Jesus asked her about her husband, look, at me, look with me at what uh, she says in John chapter 4, verse 17. She says, I have no husband, she replied. Jesus said to her, you are right when you say you have no husband. The fact is, you have five husbands, and the man you now have is not your husband. What you have said is quite true. What you have said is quite true. It is quite true that this has become normal for you. That broken relationships and the pain that it leaves behind has become normal for you. In the next chapter, in John chapter 5, we see again Jesus enters into this guy's life. This guy in John chapter 5 is paralyzed. He's been paralyzed for 38 long years. He's been laying by this pool because there's this story that says that this pool will be stirred once a year. And, you, and the first person who gets into this pool will be healed. And he's hoping to find a way into the pool. And he's laying there, but he's paralyzed and he has no way of getting in. And Jesus encounters this man in the midst of his broken normal. Look in John chapter 5. I'm going to start reading in verse 2. It says, Now there is a, in Jerusalem near the Sheep Gate a pool, which in Aramaic means Bethsaida, and which is surrounded by five covered colonnades. Col I should have read this before I got up here. Colonnades. <laughs> here, a great number of disabled people used to lie. The blind, the lame, the paralyzed. One who was there had been an, it had been an invalid for 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and learned that he had been in this condition for a long time, he asked him, do you want to get well? He's asking him, do you want a different normal? Here's this guy that's been paralyzed for 38 years. Jesus isn't asking about the desires of his heart, right? Because that's kind of obvious. This guy wants to get well. He's asking if you believe that I can make you well. Do you believe that I can change what has become normal for you? In John chapter 9, there's another story. Actually, this is one of my favorite stories. And actually, go back and read some of these stories during your own time. In John chapter 9, there's another story about this guy that was born blind. And we don't have the time to go into all the details of this story. But here you have this man who's, the Bible says he's now an adult and he has never seen before. Right? He was born blind. Look with me at this story starting in verse 1 in chapter 9. It says, as he went along, and they're talking about Jesus, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him, right? So that God could show that he has the power to, show, to change a normal, a broken normal. You see, there are things in our lives that become normal for us, 
And it's not about driving a raggedy piece of junk that looks like it's about to blow up. But there's things that break God's heart. And God's heart is broken for these things. And he intervenes in the lives of those who are living in the midst of a broken normal. In John chapter 11, we see the ultimate miracle of Jesus when he encounters the two sisters of this man who had been dead for four days. In John chapter 11... I'm going to begin reading in verse 17. This is when Jesus shows up. This man's already buried and in the tomb. It says, on his arrival, Jesus found that Lazarus had already been in the tomb for four days. Now, Bethany was less than two miles from Jerusalem, and many Jews had come to Mary, or Martha and Mary to comfort them in the loss of their brother. When Martha heard that Jesus was coming, he went out to meet him, or she went out to meet him, and Mary stayed at home. You see, Jesus came to these two women who had lost their brother. They were mourning and grieving. And even in this story, we see that they were dealing with this new normal, this normal that they were dealing with in their life, this pain of loss that had become a normal part of their existence. They were dealing with it in different ways. And Jesus encounters these people in the midst of their new normal. And the incredible thing that we see happening in the gospel is that these people each come to faith and belief in who Jesus Christ is. And Jesus transforms their broken normal, right? He takes what was broken in their life and he sets them on a path, a journey to a new normal where they no longer deal with that same old brokenness because in Jesus Christ, the broken pieces of their lives are picked back up and they're being healed and placed back together again. We see in that story in John chapter 11, Jesus raises Lazarus from the dead. He proves that he has power over any situation, any circumstance that becomes our normal everyday experience in life. In John chapter 9, Jesus goes and he makes, uh, he, he heals this, this blind man. I won't go into detail. He made some mud on the ground and put it on this guy's eyes and he was healed. But he shows that even over blindness, here this blind guy who was blind since he was born was able to look his parents in the eyes for the first time. The guy that was paralyzed for 38 years is able to walk again. He's able to walk. He's able to work. He's able to earn a living for himself and not rely on other people. Jesus changes his normal. This woman who was at the well, if you read further in that story, she becomes a believer, a follower of Christ. When she becomes a believer, she goes back and tells her community about this guy, Jesus Christ, who met her in the midst of her brokenness and has set her on a new path. You see, all these people became believers in Jesus Christ. And belief for them is not just about believing knowledge. It's not just about the acquisition of knowledge, but it's the acceptance of a new normal. Each of these people believed that Jesus was able to do something in their life to transform what had become normal for them. And so they chose to have faith which ultimately is not about the content of what you believe alone, but it's about a decision to follow Jesus Christ. And so each of them followed Jesus on a path to a new normal where they were healed, where they were restored, where they were set free from the brokenness of their past. Beloved Atlanta gets the opportunity to see this happening every day. It's people who are living in the midst of a broken normal, who have dealt with pain for year after year, have dealt with a broken, Atlanta, broken 
normal. Year after year are set free from that. And they walk in this newness of life that the scriptures talk about. I love in 2 Corinthians, I think it's chapter 5, verse 17. It says, if anyone is in Christ, there is a new creation. In Christ means there's a new normal for us. Something's changing in our lives. Something's been, uh, we've been released. We've been set free. And now we're able to walk into and live a new life. And progressively, as we walk with Jesus, and as we walk with one another, this becomes a reality. You see, the story of the gospel is this, that Jesus has the power over our broken normal. That thing that we've given up on, and we've decided to live with it. That thing that we've decided is a normal part of our existence, and that it will never change. That pain that we've been living through for years and didn't know how it would be healed. That relationship that seems like it's broken beyond repair. The scriptures teach us that Jesus is able to enter into that broken normal. And not only is he able to enter into it, but that his heart is broken by that as well. And he desires to enter into that experience with you and walk with you as you walk toward a new normal that's only found in Jesus Christ. You see, the neat thing is that God desires to do this through the church. That the church is a community that God brings about change, that God brings about healing, that God brings about this new normal. If you look back in John chapter 4 where we started, when Jesus meets this woman at the well, after he meets this lady at the well, he begins to have this conversation, right? He starts this conversation with his disciples where they're questioning him about what just happened and why he was talking to this woman and what, what was his purpose in, in talking to her. I love what he says. I just want to point out one verse there in verse 35. John chapter 4, verse 35. Look at what he says. He says, don't you have a saying it's still four months until harvest? I tell you, open your eyes and look at the fields. They are, they are ripe for harvest. Jesus is teaching his disciples to open his open their eyes. The church is a community that's made up of disciples of Jesus Christ. And for us he's saying, open your eyes. There are people who are all around you, in your family, in your home, in your community, in your neighborhood, in your city, in this state who are living in the midst of a broken normal. And God has chosen those who have chosen to follow him, the church to be the people who usher in a new normal into people's lives. God has called us all, and we all have a particular ministry, and that's to enter into people's lives and help them to see and to walk toward this new normal that God is bringing about in people's lives. You see, the reality is we have to be able to, at one time, see both the broken normal that we're living in, and then we have to be able to see God's new normal. You see, until we open our eyes, as Jesus says to his disciples, open your eyes. You're living in the midst of a broken normal. Things in your life are broken, but they're not beyond repair. Things in your community are broken, but they are not beyond repair. Things in your home are broken, 
but they are not beyond repair. Jesus says, open your eyes because there's a new normal and you see it taking place before your very eyes. Live with that idea and pursue it. You know, over the next two weeks, we're only in this series for two weeks. Over the next two weeks, I want you to be here because we're going to talk about what it looks like to live into this new normal. We're going to talk about what it looks like to embrace and how we go about doing this, where we embrace this new normal that God wants to bring about in our world and in our, in our lives. But this morning, I want to challenge you particularly to open your eyes. The reality is, and the ladies, Kelly and Amelia and Debbie, and they can share with you some statistics about what's happening in the sex industry and specifically what's happening in the city of Atlanta. The reality is there's all kinds of things that are going on around us. There's all kinds of brokenness and hurting and pain that's happening around us. The sex industry is leaving behind shattered lives in our own communities. It's in our own backyards, and we're not even seeing it. But this morning, Jesus is challenging you to open your eyes to hear about what's happening, to get the news of what's going on, and to do something about it, because God wants to use you to bring about a new normal in someone's life. God wants to use you to set someone free from the things of their past so that they might be able to follow Jesus Christ, and you can change someone's eternity. You can change someone's destiny. Lives are changed and people are set in a new direction when we're able to see the fact that we live in a broken normal, but that God has a new normal in store for us. Hey, listen, I want to challenge you to stay, to hang around and talk to the ladies at Beloved Atlanta. I want to challenge you to partner with them to find ways, maybe there's time in your schedule, to find ways that you can partner with them. The reality is we're on this journey and we're on it with one another. And this new normal that we see in Scripture is not about something that happens immediately in the flash of an eye and then things are changed. But there's this new path that God sets people on. The Scripture calls it belief talks about it by that term and by faith and that faith when we live the life of faith is marked by this journey of becoming more christ-like in our actual lives but it does not happen overnight or at least it's not completed overnight and the reality is is that god wants to use broken people to enter into the lives of other people who are also broken and see healing happen not just in our own lives but in the lives of one another that's the amazing thing about god is that he does not take people who've been completely healed who've figured it all out who have it all together and then sends them out to do his work but he takes people who are at that very moment broken and hurting and going through their own broken normal right and he uses them to accomplish his will. He uses them for his mission. And I believe the message there in Scripture is don't wait. Don't wait. Because the time, the time is now. The time is now. Let's pray. God, we give you thanks.
we give you thanks that you come into our lives in such an important time. That you come into our lives at such an important, important season. And that you call us to follow you. God, there's all kinds of things that we go through in our lives. And we just want your power, your strength to set us free from our past. God, I know that in this room that there's pain that's happening. That as we talk about this broken normal, there's a situation that might be coming to mind. God, I just pray that you will take that and you will replace it with peace. That you will replace it with comfort and ultimately with healing. God, we thank you that you are a God that cares about us and loves us even in the midst of our brokenness. That you care about us, you love us, and you call us your own. Acceptance is such a powerful word. You have accepted us. And for that, we give you thanks. It's in your son, Jesus Christ's name that we pray. Amen.